0: Five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglash for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. And thanks to Tom Fishburne, we have something to talk about today. It's called the Personalization Privacy Paradox. Uh, so zero-party data, that's the new thing. The gym shoes you liked in our survey are on sale. Great. First-party data. The gym shoes you browsed last year are on sale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like i still care second party data i hear you have a gym membership need any shoes what uh okay linkedin is working well it is for you whoever that is linkedin user uh thank you for that third party data maybe you would have you wouldn't have skipped your workout today if you had new shoes yeah it's really creepy i think that's probably the best summary of what's going on in the zero first second third party data world uh, that I've ever seen so thanks for that Tom and uh, yeah good morning style consultant consumers expect personalized experiences you know I hear that but my own expectations are so low and so unmet that I really don't think that that's true it's 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 said over and over and over. <clears throat> but for example, my biggest example and my my frequent example is ESPN. So um, I did tune into the NBA for the first time in maybe 40 years, uh, maybe 50. You know, because the Bucks actually won the NBA title, which is almost miraculous for a small market team. Uh, and so it brings back memories of when I was you know 13 years old. And they last won, or something like that. Um, and so, why does ESPN, now, I come back there today, and it's full of women's gymnastics. I'm not sure that's a sport. I mean, it's a sort of a faux sport. Whenever, when, whenever a sport relies on a panel of judges entirely to, to decide the winner, and I'm not saying it's... I mean, I've seen it be biased, but I'm not saying it is biased. I Usually, even I can tell who's better and who's worse. You know, they've quantified subjectivity to some extent. But, uh, you know, so ballroom dancing is athletic and similar, right? Heck, World Chess Championships are athletic. You have to work out, you know. <laughs> so I... I, you know, why doesn't ESPN just give me, uh, I don't ever want to see information on this unless I explicitly ask for it. But basically, I never want to see information on this. You know, and if you look at the NBA, then you get women's, the WNBA. And and that's okay. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are big fans. I'm not a big fan. And I'm not following Major League Baseball much. You know, I'm I'm basically going to, to uh, the, the Tottenham Hotspurs. But... If you don't know what that is, don't be surprised. But uh, they don't even let me—they don't even let me rule out what I don't want to see. I mean, how pathetic is that? You know. So they—they—they they, they give me uh, who do you want to follow, and then infer from that or try to that I want to follow all the rest of it and fill my feed. I mean, it's bad enough the advertising in the middle of feed now, but let me at least rule out the sports I hate. Okay, I mean, I'd rather watch, I'd rather have information on professional poker than on uh, some of these sports I just mentioned. And I'm not saying you can't be a fan and that they're not real and you can love them as much as you want. But as far as personal, personalized experience goes, awful, awful. Yeah, MMA. I love MMA. Put that at the top. Let me rank my preferences. Don't, don't just ask me who I follow. And you know what? You know. Bubba Watson is, like, one of my favorite sports figures. And pe- a lot of people don't think golf is a sport. And I- I'm not too far from that. You know, the fact that Phil Mickelson won the PGA. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, any sport that a 50-year-old can win the, you know, win the top tournament <laughs> in that, in the Professional Golfers Association, you know, Babylon B said this proves that golf isn't a sport. And <laughs> maybe that's true. Uh, so, you know, but... Can I follow Bubba Watson on ESPN? No. Or, or uh, you know, I don't care much about professional tennis, but I like Djokovic. I mean, really a lot. Novak Djokovic, you know, he's he's Serbian. He's he's Orthodox. How cool is that? You know. So is Yanis. So that's cool. I mean, I follow Orthodox and Christian fan, uh, <laughs> sports figures. So narrow it down. Let me pick it. They won't. So anyway, I I disagree with this. We'll cross this out. I always tag him in this and you know he's a really super nice guy he lets me use his stuff all the time (laughs) with permission from his wife actually (laughs) they also great yeah so while we maybe expect personalized and we have very low expectations because it's basically awful yet they also graded attempts by marketers to collect personal data about them to deliver these personal experiences okay and so we have this paradox we want personalization but it's a very very it's done very 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 poorly so basically we'd rather you just don't bother to ask and we'll find our stuff best we can on your website okay the default make the navigation solid that's probably more important to me than the personalization you know, let me find the Bubba Watson stories, at least. ESPN is not the best. Okay, so the default mode has been to collect as much consumer data, and we use that term data loosely, as much anything, any conjecture, any mildly possible information as possible. as We can collect as much as we might infer something from them, right? Kind of like when you drive past a McDonald's and your GPS says, you know, Big Macs are on sale. I don't ever eat Big Macs. I don't care. I don't want personalized information. Filet-O-Fish on a fast day, can't even eat that. (laughs) You know, you're so far away from understanding the way I make decisions that it's a joke. Just admit that it's a joke. Right. You know, I always like to inject the story that that let's take let's ask shoppers on their way into Walmart what they're going to get. And then let's check the carts on the way out. What are the odds that somebody comes out with what they expected? No more, no less. And if it's if it's any less than one in a one hundred, I would be surprised. Probably even more remote than that because they could be out of. I used this line at the show, and they really liked it. You know, I know you want 9mm, but they just don't – they're always out of it. I don't have a 9mm anyway, so I I just happened to have been back there and noticed that there wasn't much selection. You know, so whatever you're trying to buy, maybe they're out of it. Maybe they've changed brands. I went to the – to the, to the gourmet grocery store that looks more like a jewelry store, and they were out of my Graff's 50-50 sour mix, so I had to buy a Squirt. And they were almost out of that. And I got a great deal, though. Okay, so, so now marketers are going to lean data. You know what the best data is? And this is not just from me. This is from Steven Yu, one of the best data guys who writes articles now on Adweek. Excellent. Anything he writes, you should read. Okay, And I am almost always talk about Stephen Yu's stuff. Um, But he says the best information is transaction data. What did they buy as a result of your marketing pitch? What did they buy? And to really understand that and to get good marketing data, you want to know who engaged with your marketing message, not who was exposed to it, not whose screen it was on, but who actually looked at it and read it and made a decision about it. And then you can start asking yourself, did they decide positively and buy? Or did they decide negatively and not buy? But at least you'll have a labeled data set with which to start the analysis. And that, my friends, is only available in direct mail With direct mail marketing understanding. Because you have to set up the test properly. You can't just mail willy-nilly. you got to think about what you're doing. And for that, you might want to find an old guy who's been testing for millions of years like some of us. You know, heck, if evolution can claim the world is 4 billion years old, then I can claim a million years of marketing experience. (laughs) And no one's left to challenge it. They're all gone. Okay, I'm not supposed to laugh so much. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So then there's the data that customers are willingly, are consumers are willing to share. Well, that is at best. Mm, we're going to talk about that a little bit. So zero data is according to Forrester, who supposedly coined the term. Zero-party data is that which the consumer intentionally and proactively shares with a brand. And here's the trouble. It doesn't give you much to work with. Okay? So now we'll go over to... Ray Schultz had this funny article. A law firm's email system mixed up personal pronouns. (laughs) They were making a point to use the he-she, the he-him, or she-her. But most of the time when you write marketing copy, she is... She and her are both third-party pronouns. Why would you write in third-party? Best to write in second-party. You will be amazed. You deserve a break today. Why would you even use third? (laughs) Never mind. Anyway, that's another. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? These are objective pronouns in the third person. Doesn't make any sense to put them in your copy. There's a big tip for you if you want to avoid this problem. But I love this part. The law firm's IT the law firm's IT system always blame the system, not the people. Changed these at random. So they had bad copywriters. This is just this company this doesn't deserve to market. Anyway, let's go on. Okay, now let's explain zero-party data by Tim Cross. Excellent article, well worth reading. It'll be available in the show notes at WDMA.org if you subscribe, which is free. Okay, first-party data, unlike third-party data, is gained through a direct relationship with a customer. So third-party data, you know, they can take that you'd signed up for a gym membership and, you know, let's say it's Planet Fitness or some big, you know, big gymnasium, that's Andrew Ettinger, I think, works with them in their marketing, and I think so. I'm not 100% sure, but some he has some big fitness client, I know that, and does a great job. I love Andrew and what he has to say in his thought-provoking commercials. Anyway, so let's say you join that, and you're not thinking about it too much, but back to Fishburne's example, let's say you... You then get a get a uh, an email or a notification that since you didn't show up at the gym today, you might need new tennis shoes. That would be super creepy. that's the that's the way third party data can work. You know, you hardly notice them because they're so oblique and and eccentric and unrelated to your actual life, except in some in some way that's creepy that you don't it, you know they're just super ineffective. And so Apple has decided to remove them and even allow uh, their users to decline. In fact, they default declined, as LinkedIn did, when they decided to let you opt out of your email. They, by default, declined everybody, which essentially destroyed their own uh, ability to use email (laughs) because I declined it. I mean, talk about shooting yourself in the foot. That was so stupid. Anyway, so another term's come along, this zero-party data. Zero-party data is like first-party data in that it has a direct relationship with the consumer. But zero-party data is willingly given by the consumer. And it sounds great, right? Not only that, but some systems allow the consumer to go in and edit the data. So what could be the downside of that, right? The downside is, for example... um, Hammack or Schlemmer said, we'd like consumers to have the ability of user control to edit the data. They They had a new compliance officer when we started. And in their contract, and this is important to you data providers, they wanted me to agree to meet the regulations of the CCPA. And I objected and declined and said, go find another data company. If we all did that, we might get reasonable contracts. But... They said, whoa, wait a minute. Why? Why would you do that? You might get us in trouble. I said, I'm not getting you in trouble. You can't comply with that. I said, first of all, when, we, when a customer says, don't mail me anymore, the dumbest thing you can do is take that customer record off your file, okay? Because when a customer says, don't mail me anymore, what you really want to do is you want to save their name and suppress it from future mailings, even rented lists, Because CCPA gives the consumer the right to directly sue your butt. And they could say, see, I got a new catalog. See right here, they mailed me again. And I told them, don't mail me again. Now, the nuances of that mailing will be lost on the consumer. You say, well, we didn't mail you from our list. We deleted you from our list. That's from a different list that you bought from. You bought from Land's End. And so we decided to mail Land's End's customers. And you should be talking to them consumer says, yeah, but I didn't ask them not to mail me. I like Land's End. I don't like you. And I'm suing you. So that's just not a, that's not a rational strategy to actually give the consumer what they want. The only rational strategy is let's suppress them from all future mailings best we can. Suppress their address. Maybe suppress their apartment building because they're obviously litigious people in there. Okay, secondly, secondly, how are we going to send them the data to evaluate? Because the CCPA requires you to send them data. Now, wait a minute. So we have about 250 variables that we build for each consumer address based on the public information census data. It's tied right in with their customer file. And the only way you can make any sense of it is within our system. I mean, I couldn't make any sense of it, period, if I didn't have the, the system telling me, oh, this one here means income. They're in a high, medium, or low income neighborhood. The system keeps track of that. If I sent them their record, it would have lots of threes, twos, and ones in it on all their geodemographics or whether they buy during the full moon. You know, I can hardly explain that one. And we build it. <laughs> well, yes, we do. And sometimes it's really valuable. (coughs) And with real-time marketing, you can make money with it. Okay, so we can't just give them access to their data. It doesn't even make any sense, right? Okay, then the next thing is, what about self-reported? So, you know, Apple has basically said, you can even shield your email. And we already talked about that. So Amazon, years ago, asked me what kind of books I like. and And I said, I like Christian books. And it wasn't listed. Only spiritual was listed. And I said, okay, I like hunting books. It wasn't listed. Only outdoors was listed. And so I got recommendations from Amazon about, you know, be kind to the earth environmentalism. Which is, you know, you can believe in whatever you want to believe in. But to recommend it to me, a Christian hunter, was not up my alley. And so I blocked Amazon. And I just dumped all their emails from then on into my delete folder. Okay? So even self-reported data has a downside. What about, and so now we're doing modeling. I mean, this was back when we were doing modeling for Cabello's. They said, can we use our survey data in modeling? So they had millions and millions of names. I said, how many surveys did you, how many survey answers did you get? And they said, oh, we got a lot. We got a really good response. I said, how many? And they said, 5,000. I said, then you can market to those 5,000 based on the answers they gave. But that doesn't help you with the other 10 million or whatever it was. It doesn't give you anything to work with on them. And so self-reported data oftentimes only represents a minuscule sliver of your customer file, which means that it's almost completely worthless for actually modeling your customers. And maybe you don't get that, but that's the bottom line on zero-party data. So have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye. Let's see. I gotta turn this off somehow here.